Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Wesley Pepper, and you're tuning into my podcast, Wesley Pepper's Art Lexia. Um, we are well into the year, and if you are listening to this, I hope you are safe wherever you are. Um, I hope you are. I just hope you're keeping well, man. Um, you know, the really crazy times we are living in. Let me just give a shout out to Biobulb and Spudcaster for hosting me, you know, and producing my show. I think you guys do fantastic work. Um, and moving on to today's episode. Um, today is a bit more of a, uh, of a masterclass type um, episode where we're going to look at... Um, the role of Bitcoin in the arts. Um, if you can remember, like my first episode of the year, I um, had Gino coming through where we spoke about um, um, what Bitcoin can be used for, um, how to use it. And um, so we really just gave, um, we really just um, touched on various like things of what can be used. And today we're going to jump, or we're going to dive a little bit deeper into it. So I've got two guests coming through. Um, so I have Marcus Nolan, um, <clears throat> He's sort of going to be talking about, um, he's got the, um, he's got the information and the about Bitcoin. He's also an entrepreneur. So, um, he's been working with it before. Um, and he knows how to use it. It's, uh, pros and cons, et cetera, et cetera. So we're unpacking that from him. And then I have a letter Armstrong from Yebo Gallery and, um, she pretty much represents, you know, um, the galleries, you know, um, the art of um, the art industry. And then myself, you know, being an artist and a social entrepreneur, um, I'll be chipping in and giving them my, um, my input as well. Um, because as you know, guys, like, um, I'm, um, I'm very big on, um, of, on embracing technology. Um, and I think we should just be having more and more conversations around it and see why, not why, seeing how we can use it, you know, um, moving forward. Um, because there are, because there are so many, um, I think, I think we haven't, we have, to be honest with you, I don't think we've really touched the surface or scratched the surface. Um, in terms of how we can use technology to better the art, um, um, the art industry. Because as you know, most of, most of the art galleries, I'm talking about the top art galleries, um, you know, they're still using, um, I would say, uh, an old, um, methodology, you know, uh, you have a show, you invite people through, they come by, they buy the work, you have a newsletter, um, you know, you send out a few emails and this and that and that and that. And I think now just because of, um, the, um, the post COVID pandemic, uh, world plus the fourth industrial revolution is like things are changing and they are changing fast. And I think these conversations that we're going to have today are important. I think we can learn a lot from them. And, um, I think we must, we should adapt to them. Um, to all these new changes because as you know the only constant thing in life is change and um, we definitely need to get up we definitely need to get up on that so definitely stay tuned for that guys I hope you guys enjoy today's episode and I will chat to you at the end of this episode ugh, at the end of this interview Baobalb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling this podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with baobalb.org. 
Um, so today's episode, we're going to have a look at uh, at Bitcoin and how it's been used in the arts, you know. Um, so the two guests, so Aleta Armstrong, all the way from Eswatini, from Yevo Gallery. So she sort of represents, or so is going to give a voice uh, from the uh, from the arts, or, or I'd say the the uh, commerce side, you know, as from from a gallery. And Maris Nolan is the expert on Bitcoin as an entrepreneur and. Um, yeah, I would just say an expert. Yeah, is that um, is that accurate? I wouldn't say an expert. Uh, <laughs> I know a few things about Bitcoin. There's still much to learn. Uh, it's a constantly evolving industry, and um, yeah, before it reaches mainstream adoption, there's so many. Uh, you know, other things that need to come into play uh, before that actually happens. But a few things are starting to take, uh, uh, you know, show themselves in the market itself. So, well, it's, it's definitely it's, is getting yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely becoming more mainstream. Um, I absolutely agree with that. Which is also why I wanted to um, I wanted to talk about this because just for the um, just for the listeners um, to give some insight and for the two guests. So um, we did that um, episode uh, with Juno in the beginning of the year um, on Bitcoin, where I pretty much just touched or gave it like a very overview on like what it can be used for, what can't be used for, that type of thing, how to use it, and that. So it was very brief and very to the point and um you know um, um i i read up on basically everything you know i like to believe i'm you know i keep this uh you know up to speed with what's going on in the world and um i'm not too queued up on um, the financial markets and how they especially how they work <laughs> i really don't know how they work but um i know that it's um its value has been um, has been skyrocketing over the past few months and um i also know that um um, is, um, local governments are trying to get rid of physical money. Um, I know that's a lot to do with the fourth industrial revolution and a bit of COVID because they say, you know, the virus can be transferred on the pay, on paper money and all of that. So, um, with that as like point, um, as point number one, point number two, another thing that I, that I think is, is really exciting about this and what, which is what, what I'm, um, what I'm looking forward to, to discussing today is how can Bitcoin be used in the arts? Um, there's one example that, uh, um, um, that really stuck with me was the fact that like how you can use it for crowdfunding um, where people can send you like a dollar or a pound um, um, <clears throat> and it won't really you know they can they can send small amounts of money like like that whereas now you know with a current banking system you can't or at least you can't it just cost you a lot more money and um, I'm also aware of the fact that um, uh because of the arts, um, the arts in um, changing, you know, like live shows and all of that and the whole virtual world becoming more and more of a, of a thing because more and more shows are all gone virtual. Um, it's also interesting to see how one can monetize um, streaming um, um, and virtual um I would say um, con not concerts, um, festivals, and um, I'm very, I'm pretty, pretty interested to know how um, how we can how we can use Bitcoin for that. And um, I know that Aleta was also very interested to know she wanted to learn 
Um, and that is very cool. So thanks, thanks, thanks for being open, I guess, you know, um, and not just shutting out everything or, 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 or trying to learn. I think that's very, very, very cool. So um, I think I'll just bring Maris in here first, um, just to give us like a brief overview on like um, where, uh, where is Bitcoin standing currently in South Africa? In other words, are people using it? What are they using it for? Um, and the potential behind that. Yeah, man, cool. Um, <clears throat> just as a disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Um, but I have been looking at Bitcoin since 2000, uh, late 2013. And at the time, it really was nothing to look at. You know, it was just a bunch of ticks. Uh, you know, tech geeks that uh, were looking at this particular cryptocurrency. Sure. There were use cases of a cryptocurrency uh, prior to 2009 when it actually did come into, uh, um, you know, the, these tech forums. Um, and obviously they tweaked it and uh, made it a more user-friendly and kind of just ironed out all the issues and made it kind of immutable, um, you know, uh, in terms of its uh, ledger. So it's a public ledger, it's open source network. Um, it's all across the world. You know, you shut one thing down, another one opens. It's very difficult to shut down. Is it impossible to shut down? You know, people would always say it's impossible to shut Bitcoin down. I don't think anything is impossible. Yeah. I think we've always got to keep an open mind in that. And this is why I have to always mention to people that uh, they must always do their own research when it comes to certain things like this because you get a better understanding of exactly what uh, the industry is. Yes, there might be somebody to hold your hand in respect to uh, starting up your blockchain wallet, you know, putting you onto platforms like Luno, Bitfinex, and all these other uh, Zappos and cryptocurrency exchanges that are doing extremely, extremely well in the last five to ten uh, when it comes to their profit margins on an annual basis. And so they just act as an intermediary between yourself and the Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. You know, they just yeah. offer you the opportunity to actually purchase it. Um, mainstream, in terms of the Industrial Revolution, I think the industrial paycheck is quite redundant at this stage or has is starting to become redundant. Okay. Um, the reason why I say this is, I mean, you would save up your money. I mean, our mothers and fathers would save their money um, and were able to purchase a house, you know, put their kids to school, uh, you know, do all that funding when it comes to uh, life policies and things like that. Yeah. These days, in order for you to achieve that, you have to be earning in a certain bracket. Yeah. Put away life policies yeah. and save a little bit of change on a monthly basis. Yeah. Um, you know, when people talk about uh, financial freedom and looking for alternative sources of income, uh, what they don't realize is they need to start at home. You know, how much are you keeping, first of all? How much money are you keeping on a monthly basis? That would determine how much, you know, yeah. wealth or uh, money you start accumulating. It's not how much you actually make. You can make two, three, four million rand a month. But uh, if your expenses uh, equate to that, so uh, then, then, then you're not really making that much, are you? So 
when I digress back to the uh, Industrial Revolution and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, it's an information technology age. And what people need to understand is they've got these resources available to them in the form of information. And there's various sources of information. You know, 30 years ago, we would go and get our library card and that would be our access to information. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. we would try and read as much books as we possibly could during the course of those two to three, four hours that we were at the library. These days, that process is marginalized down to a 20 minutes to 30 minutes uh, YouTube video, for example, yeah, yeah, or Wikipedia yeah. article, uh, or Business Insider article, yeah. or yeah. whatever you find in terms of these uh, articles that are coming out on, on, on Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, uh, blockchain as a use case, um, which is quite fascinating in itself. Um, but there's so there's a myriad of different sources of information that you can uh, draw from in terms of understanding what Bitcoin is, uh, what the blockchain network actually represents, and what that means for the future. And the moment you can correlate the three, you are able to position your business effectively. Especially when you've got understanding of all three yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. Remember, you don't really have to understand it fully. You don't have to understand exactly how the blockchain works from a technical perspective yeah. or how Bitcoin is, is, is transferred from my phone to your phone from a technical perspective. It's like email. You know, we don't really care how the email is sent. We just confirm whether or not you receive it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the embedded stuff behind the network is not really necessary. What it can do for you in terms of, uh, um, you know, facilitating payment methods um, is quite is quite phenomenal. If I could send a certain amount of Bitcoin to someone in Australia. And they are able to receive that within 30 to 40 minutes maximum, right? Yeah. Uh, without any third party intermediary. It's, it's really a no brainer, but obviously the powers that be, mainstream media and, uh, all of these, uh, financial houses, um, your banks, you know, they've been running this financial system into the ground for the last 100 to 200 Absolutely. Years. And it's a cons it's a consistent ending. You know, the, the ending is always consistent. It always ends exactly the same way as it started. Uh, you know, with a lot of stimulus, a lot of promise, a lot of hope for, for, for things to come going forward. And then you find halfway into that, maybe a 50-year period into that, it starts taking its decline in terms of higher taxes, you know, the rich are getting richer, the middle class is, is slowly dissipating, and eventually it gets to a point where, uh, you know, in 2020 and the COVID-19 um, gives the world economy a death blow, and then people attribute, you know, the the... In the collapse in the, in the monetary system to, uh, COVID. Yeah. 
But when you actually look at it from an in-depth perspective and you look at the stock market versus the actual economy, and this is job losses, uh, industries being uh, uh, becoming insolvent, yeah. uh, you know, companies just not being able to manage and letting uh, their their staff go. I mean, we've had record-breaking uh, unemployment numbers yeah, yeah. Uh, in the last seven to eight months, close to a year. But what people don't realize is that that has got nothing to do with the stock market. So your economy has got a zero, has got nothing to do with the actual stock market. Mm, and when I say this, people people always <laughs> people always uh, tend to um, you know have this argument with me, and uh, I simply just refer them back to to, to to simple fundamentals. Is the stock market doing really really well at this moment in time? Yes, it is. Is the economy doing really really bad at this time? Uh, yes, it is. I mean, we've got interest rates. Uh, we've got, um, you know, government with these stimulus packages. We've mm. got uh, the biggest cash heist of all time in the form of uh, PPE um, and all these tenders going out. And it's not happening just in South Africa. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a global thing. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a global yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. had cases in the UK, in the US, all on these PPE corruption uh, kind of scandals. Like people are dying, and you've got the ability to supply them with the equipment in order for them to survive. Why then are you taking, uh, you know, either the money from that and not being able to supply the the, the PPE uh, equipment? Okay, but, but let, me, let me digress back yeah. to, to, to how that correlates with Bitcoin and why that's okay, important. Okay, okay, okay. Here comes, here comes a revolutionized uh, currency that's open source. Cryptocurrency, people would say it's likened to gold. People would benchmark it against that. And uh, they would even argue the fact that gold is a bit of storage of wealth because of its 5,000-year history and things like that. And I completely understand that. Uh, and it's true in what they say. But the argument is 5,000 years ago, there wasn't... Um, there weren't any tablets. There weren't any smartphones. Yeah, yeah. There, there weren't any PCs. There was there's no internet. You know, we didn't really fully understand the possibilities of what the internet and how it's able to connect us in the form of Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, and all these other social media platforms that enable us, including Zoom and this particular platform that we're on right now. Um, and so how does that all tie together when it comes to cryptocurrency? I'm not saying Bitcoin is the answer. There are a myriad of different sure. cryptocurrencies out there. Sure. But Bitcoin seems to be the one that a lot of people are taking to at the moment. I would encourage people to always look at different kinds of use cases against the different kinds of coins that are out there. Like Ethereum, for example, is more contract kind of based. So your insurance industries and your car industries, uh, are, um, you know, your financial institutions are more looking towards uh, implementing use cases around that kind of Ethereum blockchain. Um, Bitcoin, on the other hand, offers, allows me, the, the normal uh, average Joe, the opportunity of taking out my 50 Rand that I have in my pocket 
and uh, signing up on a on a blockchain network um, and going onto a platform called Luno and uh, putting my money on there, that mm. 50 rand. Mm. And then let's say for argument's sake, I put my 50 rand into uh, Bitcoin in December of 2020. And by then, I think it was about 16 or 12. It just broke 15, 16 there. I, I, I stand to be correct. Mm-hmm. But within two months, it, 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 it pushed itself up to uh, an all-time high of, uh, I believe it was 52 or 54,000. US dollars, which equated, if you want to look at it from a RAND's perspective, I think it was at a hundred and something thousand, and it jumped from a hundred and something thousand all the way to 750,000 RAND, right? Yeah. Now that yeah. margin in between that is, it's quite, it's quite large. Yes, it's volatile right now, and people are obviously, and this is the reason why it's not mainstream. Because if I give you Bitcoin today, you have to immediately exchange it into the RAND or US or Yuan or whatever currency uh, represents your country uh, immediately. And you have to be able to do that within an hour or so of it actually changing because because of its volatility. You know what I mean? Okay. So yes, implement the the, the Bitcoin uh, or um, you know use case in your platforms, but always has in the back of your mind the possibility of volatility and volatility can either go up or the the opposite direction yeah 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 right it's not guaranteed until it becomes mainstream now will it become mainstream is, is is the question that a lot of people keep asking you know are they going to um, you know if i've been running a, a trillion dollar you know 500 trillion dollar uh organization in the form of the monetary system and utilizing banks as my distributors of that fiat currency for the last two to three hundred years i'm not just going to give up my power in that respect i'm going to put up a bit of a fight am i not yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. not going to be an all oh, i'm yeah. going to find a way to implement my own system on the new system that's why they're they're taking their own time in terms yeah, of trying yeah. to understand and the and the fundamental problem with the bank's ideology is that this is a decentralized currency. It's, it's yeah not, yeah it's that it's that it's um, not central yeah. in itself. You can't. You, there's no one point that you can go yeah. to and say, "Oh, my Bitcoin is stored there." You know, it's so decentralized and what they're trying to implement is a centralized kind of thing where, yes, we're going to use cryptocurrency, but we'll be in charge of it. And at any point in time that you fail to pay us the cryptocurrency owed to us, we are able to either go into your account, stop your transactions. You know, there's no, there's no freedom in that, you know, and I think what people are starting to realize is that autonomy and 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 the freedom to to, yeah. to to either do what you need to do or manage your own funds as a par- as opposed to having a third party intermediary do that for you. Like if I want to send money to Canada, I've got to use Western Union. 
Union, but Western Union immediately takes 30% yeah. out of that particular sum uh, and the person receiving the money receives 30 to 40% less than what they actually were supposed to get. So for me, there's no need for that. There's no need for somebody to verify your email before I send it to you. <laughs> you know mm, what I mean? Mm, if I want to send mm. you an email, I can send, I, 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 I need to be able to have the freedom of doing that. You know what I mean? Without anybody verifying or checking or mm, okay. you know, making okay, sure. Okay, um, I get that, my brother. Um, um, let me actually bring um, a letter in over here. Uh, um, um, I get that. My um, letter, do you have any questions? Um, I have a few, but I wanted to see if you um, if you have any questions. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, I, I was, I've been obviously reading um, about all the cryptocurrencies. Very, and it's very interesting, and it's yeah. really nice to be part of the the conversation. And I think it's obviously an on an ongoing learning process. And the more you read, the more it becomes less unfamiliar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get that because I think some people are interested in terms of investment or profits and especially because it's had such high you know such high profits but if you want to use it as a payment um like say for example for a gallery and we wanted to include um that people could pay with cryptocurrency then that's i suppose the question of it fluctuating so much you know at least i know that if i put a dollar price uh, it's okay i mean it can fluctuate something could happen but you've got a sort of general idea of of doing that so i think that would be the thing is um how do you price things when it fluctuates so much the value uh good question um, good question, uh, Maras. I actually just have um, I just have uh, uh, two two other questions that you can that that, that you can answer, man. Um, and this is so, just for um, can you explain to us what is a blockchain? And um, just for the listeners, like what is what is open source? You know. So um, if you can tackle uh, a letters uh, question first, and then move into um, those other two. No, it's not the first question. Um, yeah. <clears throat> how do you how do you implement blockchain without it um, you know affecting your margins in in, in, in layman's terms um, either positively or negatively because from a tax perspective and from a from a uh, you know tax returns kind of perspective uh, as an organization running a business um, how do you manage that with the volatility that's, that's that that it's been experiencing in the last ten years. Uh, you obviously have to implement certain situ uh, certain systems that take the blockchain, uh, take the Bitcoin, and then immediately transfer it into the US dollar value. I looked at your website and I see that most of your stuff is obviously valued in uh, US dollar. Um, it is stable for now, which is which is great. But what you need to implement is the minute that a uh, person uh, pays within, uh, you know, the Bitcoin value of that US dollar, you need to be able to implement a system that transfers or changes that Bitcoin immediately into the US dollar, you know, or transfer it, transfers it back into US dollar immediately within the hour. So you have to have platforms and systems and things like 
uh, in place. It's a very difficult um, process to, to, to implement and it's quite expensive in itself because it's still new. Uh, but anything that's new will be old very, very soon. Uh. So there's a lot of, I mean, it's like, you know, your WhatsApp and then all of a sudden you've got signal, you've got tele, mm, telegraph. Yeah, telegraph. So, so, so whatever's, uh, software comes out, there's, there's always somebody producing an alternative. And most of the time the alternative is sometimes better. Uh, case in point is MySpace versus. Uh, yeah, yeah, face, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, MySpace yeah. was a great use concept and it was a great idea, but it, there was something missing. And then Facebook took that and made it into what it is right now. But they were also uh, open-minded enough to understand that it's a constantly evolving software. Because it's software, it can evolve. And this is the same thing with uh, correlating Bitcoin to your to your US dollar valuation of your painting. Uh, you simply adjust it in that respect. So you've got a you've got a if you were to go onto the internet right now and say what's one Bitcoin uh, versus one one US dollar, it will give you a it will give you a number. Yeah. Uh, you need to implement a system that actually does that on your platform that says it's going to cost you X amount of Bitcoin, which will equate to 600 US dollars. And whether he pays with US or, 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 or Bitcoin, that system will immediately transfer the Bitcoin into US dollars by selling it. So by partnering with exchanges like Luno uh, yeah. or yeah. Bitfinex, or you know, um, you know all these uh, different Zappos and you know uh, platforms that offer you the ability to exchange cash for crypto uh, would be a would be the first start. You know, start asking the questions in that respect. Is it possible? Uh, we've got a lot of AI security, cryptocurrency security uh, people that we're dealing with that we can refer you to. Uh, that can assist you in that respect when it comes to implementing these platforms. I hope that just answers to add, the question. Yeah, yeah, come I think in there. It just, I just wanted to add a bit to that. I think obviously, you know, since we're not using cryptocurrencies at the moment, but looking into it, that, you know, and dealing with banks and their delightful bank charges that, you know, you add up <laughs> at the end of every, <laughs> at the end of every month mm. and you're like, shit. Um, so yeah. what are the charges? Because, okay, yeah, if you're doing it person to person and you're transferring cryptocurrencies and you've got that set up, but if you're using a third party platform to assist with, mm-hmm. you know, changing it into dollars and then using that, do those charges, are they still much lower than when you're dealing with banks? In some instances, they are, but in uh, other instance, instances, they're, they're, they're actually higher than the bank charges. So, for example, if I were to take out or withdraw a thousand rand capital gains on my BTC, uh, it would cost me 80, 80 rand okay. to withdraw that. You know, so you've always got to take that into consideration when pricing your your paintings, uh, especially if you're going to put them in a Bitcoin valuation. You've always got to put in an extra 100 to 200 rand or that equivalent to Bitcoin uh, on top of what you are actually 
uh, selling the, the painting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it'll cost you, you know, 20, 20 dollars, 20, 20 rand. Uh, or sometimes it'll cost you a hundred rand. It all depends on how much you're actually transferring. Remember these third party intermediaries like Luno, this is where they make their money. Yeah. So every time you transact, they're taking a little piece of what it is that you're transacting in. There's no trend, but the minimalistic transaction fees come in the form of, I have my own Bitcoin wallet. So Luno is a platform that allows me to associate my Bitcoin wallet with it, right? Mm. So I take Bitcoin out of my wallet and I throw it onto the Luno platform. I exchange my, my, um, my Bitcoin for either cash and then I transfer it back into my normal bank account or whatever the case may be and vice versa if I want to do, if I want to do the purchasing of BTC. Sure. Right? <clears throat> the, the, the minimalistic charges only occur between peer to peer, uh, transactions. If I send it, if I've got a wallet in Wesley, you have a wallet and I send you 10,000 uh, US dollars worth of Bitcoin. The transaction fee in that respect is going to cost me a certain amount of Bitcoin, which in US dollars would probably be equivalent to maybe one to two US dollars. Okay. In transaction fees. So that's where the difference is in terms of uh, bank charges compared to yeah. uh, your third-party intermediary charges like Luno and Zappo and Bitfinex and all these other uh, platforms. Yeah, yeah. So yes, you are going to incur a little bit of a cost. Uh, It might be more, it might be less. Uh, The valuation of that would be determined by the volatility in the market at the time. Or or there is a certain benchmark or threshold between if you transfer a thousand, between a thousand and ten thousand, it's going to cost you 80 to 80 80 rand. From anything from 10,000 onwards is going to cost you uh, 150 rand. But it won't exceed uh, exorbitant fees. Like if I were to make a 350,000 rand transaction on my credit card, uh, it'll literally cost you something to the value of six, seven thousand to transact that amount of money. Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, there's a massive difference in terms of uh, the pricing when it comes to the exchange rates, uh, uh, when it comes to you purchasing and, and, and changing that money from BTC into, into, into US dollars. Uh, Aleta, are you covered? Yeah, on that bit. I mean, uh, there's obviously uh, still lots to... Lots to kind of think about and, and look. I mean, I'm thinking where I'm thinking as a, when I was reading about it for like artists and galleries was it's, it's a new way, which, okay, some galleries, but I think more the ones I was looking at seem to be in the UK or the States doing it. Yeah. You know, yes. Yeah. I don't know about South Africa, but obviously zero going on in Eswatini with cryptocurrencies. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. So you're kind of looking at it. So if, if there are, I think it's always to give people different options. You know, if you've got cryptocurrency, you want to use it, you want to buy some art, it's good to be able to offer that service. I think where I would look at it on behalf of artists of, is what are the fees? Because one of the things is you're trying to like make it easier so you don't have to pay so much to banks. Yeah. That's what would interest me well, well, more. Yeah. Yeah. Maras, can you um, come in there, please? 
Well, when you look at other platforms like PayPal, for example, and, um, you know, Tesla, you know, purchasing uh, to the value of 1.5 billion uh, US dollars worth of Bitcoin. And then you see all these uh, JP Morgan hedge, uh, hedge funds. And you also see uh, one of the biggest uh, payment systems in the form of PayPal actually investing in Bitcoin and offering that as a, as a way of payment, then you should start to see the signs. I mean, it's, 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 it's all about reading in between the lines and being plugged into the industry in order for you to yeah. position yourself strategically going forward. Um, I, so then I would, I would look at places like PayPal and what they have done in terms of implementing BTC as a means of payment on their platform. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. what we've just discussed, they probably, they, they probably would have already started implementing that. By the time you transfer your BTC in there, yes, there's marginal, uh, difference in terms of, because of the volatility. I mean, an hour later, Bitcoin might go from 47,000 to 34,000, like a 45% or 30% drop. Mm, mm. Um, but at the same time, it could, it could do the opposite effect. So you could actually make a hell of a lot more. So you, uh, the systems in that regard are the, are the ones that, that would manage, uh, the transfer and the movement. Because if you were to do it manually from that perspective, transferring, uh, you know, manually doing your, your ledger, uh, with maybe a thousand payments coming in, it would, it would, it would take you, you know, yeah, quite yeah. a long time. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But if it if it's automated, then and if PayPal have looked at it and said, well, you know, it is something that we're actually uh, implementing, uh, then that might be a first uh, point or a call of you know point of call when it comes to understanding uh, how that correlates and how that would work. But like you say, yeah. uh, let's say it is a, it is a, it is, it is something that you have to start offering, uh, uh, your clientele base because the older generation is, is starting to, 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 to move itself out of the corporate industry. And what you're starting to realize is that the younger generation is taking over, uh, the That's way the very world is interesting. Forward. Uh, yeah. uh, that's 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 very very interesting. That, that that's very interesting. Um, I guess I guess that actually leads up me to, to like a follow up question. Like, um, if we want to start implementing this, where do we where and how do we start? You know, um, because I also know that there's also an option of um, if one has enough um, um traffic on your uh on your um on on your website, you can you can use those figures. I'm not sure how. But to uh, sort of start your own cryptocurrency, so so I guess my question is like, um, um, if we want to start, where and how do we, um, how do we, how do we go about it? I would basically start at home. I would start using it personally yourself. So create a blockchain wallet. Um, you know, be willing to lose maybe two, three hundred rand. Uh, you know, put put two, three hundred rand into your wallet. Understand how, yeah, what the, yeah, you know, yeah, what the yeah, traffic signs yeah. tell you. What, what you know, what the what the actual lay of the land is. How do I go from point A to point B yeah. to point C, and how do I come back from that? 
that would be your first task because I can explain it to you as much as I could possibly, you know, try and uh, explain it to you in these, you know, layman's terms and how simple it is. It's, it's very, very easy. You know, it's like all these yeah. IT guys will tell you, no, yeah. to know Windows 10 is <laughs> sure, so simple. Sure, sure. It's a walk in the park. But, you know, there's actual buttons that you have to click on. The one, two, three process is there. But how do you know which button to press if you're looking at a bunch of hieroglyphics? Mm. So you need to understand exactly how to first uh, open a Bitcoin wallet, how to manage that wallet in itself, how to take money out of it and put money back into it, right? And what platforms are user-friendly for you? Because Luna might work for me, but Bitfinex might work for you better, you know, because you like the, you know, the different kinds of uh, dashboard or the different kind of use case that it, that it offers or the different kind of alternative coins that it is offering like Monero, Cardano mm. and, uh, you know, Tether uh, as opposed to what Luna is offering you in the form of Stella, uh, you know, Ripple and Ethereum, BTC Cash, and Jeez, I, I, I didn't realize there was um, there was um, there were so many. Um, um, just from a South African perspective, which um, which of um, which of these platforms do you think will suit um, will suit us? You know, from a from a South African creative um, um, perspective. Look, I think you you'd want to work with something that's already been mainstream now. I think they've got the ads on TV. I was watching the soccer game the other day. And, uh, you know, you get those ads in between the, yeah. the games themselves. And it was a discovery ad that came on. And then after that, uh, there was a Luno ad that actually came on. And what they actually said on there was, was something that we've been, you know, talking about since 2000. Well, I've been talking about it since 2014 when I finally realized that, oh my God, this is actually something that is mm. going to be in the future, whether it's five to 10 or 20 years from now. You can't ignore something like this. For sure. Right? For sure. Um, and what it actually said on the ad was, and I'll quote it verbatim, when you, if you are starting to see Bitcoin on TV, that's a that good point. means it's a good time to yeah. start buying it. Yeah, that's a good I point. I mean, these are people that advocated against Bitcoin for the better part of seven years and said it's a Ponzi scheme. I mean, Bruce Whitfield and all these other guys <laughs> came on the money show sure, and sure. they spoke about it yeah. in such negative yeah. connotations. Yeah. Am I saying it's a positive thing? No. I'm, I'm just keeping an open mind. I'm yeah. saying, guys, we've been riding a horse and cart um, chariot for the last hundred years. Here's a Maserati that's come with a V6 engine. Why would you not take it for a test drive at least? You know, why would you write it off and say, oh, that's terrible? Did mm. the owner, did, did Dunlop not say that to the horse and chariot industry back in, uh, the, the, the turn of the 1900 century when, uh, he decided to put in rubber tires and they were still using <coughs> leather on their Cut. They wrote him off and he became one of the biggest uh, tire manufacturers yeah. in the world and still is one of the prominent ones today. They ignored Tesla in that respect when he came up with an electric car and a sustainable energy going forward. And lo and behold, right now, Tesla's market cap value bests the entire 
motor industry market, and that includes Toyota, Fiat. That's unbelievable. Actually, I read that. I mean, um, you, I'm lost. Yeah, That's unbelievable. Yeah. So when you start listening to other perspectives instead of yeah. you know doing your own research and finding out for yourself, uh, and 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 don't take it from a biased perspective. Don't take my. Uh, understanding of BTC and say, I've heard it from this guy, therefore it is the gospel truth. Mm. Um, go and do your own research and do it for a very long time and, and speak to people that have actually been using it and speak to industries that are starting to think about it. Um, and then start putting the dots together because when you connect the dots, the light comes on. Sure, you know, and sure. and then that, that's yeah. So I always take a, 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 a um, not a biased or um, you know I always try to, to to be on the fence when I'm giving people advice when it comes to crypto because yes, you can lose a lot of money. Mm. Yes, you can make a lot of money. How you do that all all to be determined by how much understanding you have of that industry. You know, you can't just simply go and buy gold, for example. Uh, without understanding the processes of sure. what it takes to buy gold. Sure. You know? Sure, sure, sure. I wanted to, um, can I add something in, please, Wesley? Please, 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 please come in. Because, um, I mean, you know, when I was reading about it, it was quite interesting, and I was also reading about how countries like Zimbabwe, Venezuela, obviously having problems with banks and yeah. governments are turning more to obviously using cryptocurrencies. And then, you know, you guys are in South Africa where you're way ahead of us, despite us not being very far away from you in Eswatini, where, you know, the banks are South African here. So we, we don't have PayPal. We can't use Instagram shopping. We can't use this. We can't use that. So for us, the options, um, and it's come up on a lot of social media platforms and I've been kind of discussing it as well is that, you know, we're going to, you got to go to the bank. They're like, okay, you could open a dollar account somewhere. It's EFT, you know, and we, we had like last year, you know, obviously with COVID and you're trying to do shipping and the banks are telling you, tell someone to go for a walk to their bank physically to do a transfer. Yeah. And you're like, dear Lord guys, this is just like not working. Yeah. Plus yeah. all the charges that come with it. So I think for, for countries that are kind of out of the loop, you know, and then you, you will discuss, I mean, I think a lot of people here, we've been talking to, to government, to banks, you know, and there's a whole thing of, oh, it's just none of it's possible. And it's like, you're too small. So no, yeah. we're not going to invest. So we're not investing in, in technology. So I'm using um, a Kenyan company at the moment so I can do credit card payments rather than people must go physically to a bank. So where I'm feeling right now and when I look at all the changes that are happening is if you're an entrepreneur or, you know, creative person, you've got to be innovative yeah. and you've got to look. So you go and talk to the government and banks and say, hey, guys, you know, this isn't working. That isn't working. Nothing's going to grow. We can't sell. We can't do this. Um, if they're not responding and listening, then I'm also sort of seeing this as, as an opportunity. It's like they're missing the boat and then they're thinking, you know, just be quiet, just continue this old fashioned way. Let's make a lot of money out of you or you'll do no business, but who cares? Mm. So I think in, and if I'm looking at the creative industries, um, you know, people still have that thing of now, are you going to go and rent a building? Where are you going to open your business? And you're like, dear Lord, guys, you can operate from home so long as you've got your phone. 
you know, but yeah. you need the payment yeah. options. So it's all fine to be creative yeah. and share stuff on social media if you're in the creative industry. Yeah. Um, but then how are you going to get paid? So countries like Eswatini or Zimbabwe, you know, where it's not functioning and we can't have all these systems. Okay, you can transfer, you know, you've got sort of e-wallet and we can kind of transfer bits to each other, but not overseas. Mm. Um, there, I'm So I am feeling just from that point of view that this is very interesting. That's all mm. I want to I say. I get you. Um, I no, get I you first. Mo, you want to come in? Yeah, please, 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 please. please. And I completely agree with you in that respect when it comes to uh, you guys are on the ground and you you know exactly what's going on on the ground. And when you take that from a numbers perspective and put it to the banks and say, look, our our margins have dropped by 5%, uh, you know, this year and 5% to your industry. Uh, could mean, uh, you know, the breaking point, yeah. uh, you know, live or die kind of scenario, right? Uh, if we go beyond that, it would be detrimental for your business, right? But what they're looking at is they're seeing that 5% as a, as a marginal cost that can be recovered over a certain period of time, given light of the, uh, you know, uh, economics will tell you that it will recover because the demand will go up and this and that. But if, if, if uh, economics is anything to go by, it becomes null and void with the stock market. When the stocks go up and the economy goes down, that throws my economics out the window because everything they said in there is in direct contradiction to what is actually happening right now. And yes, you're right, Leta, when you say, you at least try to go to them and say to them, listen, here's a problem. Can we not implement this? And they're like, no. What Bitcoin actually and blockchain actually offers you, the individual, it was never meant for industries. It was never meant for businesses. It was actually meant for peer-to-peer transactions because you would find in areas like yours that you're in right now, there's a lot of unbanked people. There's a lot of people that do not have bank accounts, but they have smartphones, don't they? Yeah, that's a good my point. My granny's got a smartphone. My, my, my granny's grandmother has a smartphone. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. WhatsApp and Facebook. Yeah. Right? So on that smartphone, mm. that actual smartphone now becomes your bank and it answers the fundamental That's a very question. good point. How do we get paid now? How do we get paid? But if I've got a if I've got a blockchain wallet and I've got a piece of art and I've got a place that I can put it on, which is your platform, can I not put my blockchain uh, wallet on there and, and and correlate that with my with my with my painting and then just wait for somebody to to make a payment or to to suggest that a payment is coming through and that they have to confirm from their side whether or not. Uh, they will be able to, to to send that, or how long it will take. You know, like when you're buying something from Take a Lot, it takes you three to five days. Sure. Uh, shipping and all that kind of jazz, and you've got a you've got a cart, you've got an exit cart, and things like that, where you uh, you know that you made a purchase towards. It. Sure. Right. That's that's basically uh, what they do, and 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 it looks like oh, but if that's the only use case uh, that Bitcoin is going to come in at. Uh, or what, you know, how does that actually help us? 
to think about it from a from a compounding interest. I'd rather get five people to buy my paintings at a certain amount of money than wait for that one person yeah. to pay six hundred rand yeah. for that. Yeah. But and allow those five people access to me in the form of they've got blockchain wallets, I have block I've got a blockchain wallet. It's a, it's a, it's like a vata exchange. It's, it's it's almost like going back in history and saying, I have a blanket that's going to keep you warm during the winter, but you have got a gun that could help me, the expert at hunting, find the bed. Yeah. So you keep warm, give me the gun, I'll go and I'll go and do the, the killing. And and, and you, you've given me more in use value than you've taken from me in cash value. Kind of scenario. Interesting. You know I mean? um, Interesting analogy. So so why is that important? Because when you look at how many people are unbanked in the world, the numbers are staggering. And, and this is a direct implication to things like poverty. Yeah. So, so attach that to your proposals, attach that to your concepts and say a portion of this particular painting, uh, and the money that's going to go from this will be sent to, uh, a charity organization or associate yourself with with a, uh, uh, you know, a house that's, that helps young, uh, uh, women get on their feet if they do need or, uh, you know, eat or sold or whatever the case mm. may be. You know, associate yourself with a charity organization because it starts with that kind of uh, process. The secret of living is actually giving instead of just taking, 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 like what the banks do to you and the minute you go there, they're charging you literally to deposit your money. They're charging you to take your money. Yeah. They're charging you to actually yeah. send you a statement. They charge you to uh, um for everything. You for it. And I'm in the I'm in the cost for copy game, you know, I do or office automation. And it costs me a minimum of let's say seven cents a copy to print out a black A4 five percent page your page. Right? <laughs> They're telling you that little slip that you've printed out of the ATM is going to cost you effectively three rand fifty. Now there's no That's ridiculous. I never knew that. (laughs) (laughs) There's no there's no justification. She was I never knew that. So they're not making they're not just making money. They're making money on top of money. Yeah. 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 And if they are able to charge you twenty five percent interest on your credit card and then offer you a savings plan which will give you 6% after 12 months, it just doesn't make sense, you know, from a mathematics perspective. Absolutely. Yes, you're giving me money, but meet me halfway. Don't meet me 90% of the, uh, 10% of the way yeah. and then and then, and then, then want me to run 90%. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because as an entrepreneur, what I'm doing with that is I'm facilitating a position in my organization, or I am in your case, so that you're facilitating artists in, 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 in your organization and allowing them the platform. Because let's be honest, I might be fantastic at drawing, uh, you know, uh, you know, a painting or a portrait, or I might be as great as Rembrandt himself or Picasso. But at the end of the day, I have no concept of business. And I don't know how to correlate my work 
and and how to get that and how to get money from that. And here you come on as a platform and say we can we can offer you that platform. All you have to do is simply submit your artwork, and we will be able to to sell it across the vast amount of of viewers or subscribers that that we have. And you never know somebody might love your artwork to a point where they take your whole collection. Um, mm-hmm. But here's the platform yeah. that allows that. Yeah. Now that's that's that's, yeah. that's 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 helping. That's one another in each other. Yes, you are making. I mean, everybody's going to make something at the end of the day. But don't 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 be like the banks and take every single thing. Yeah. And if I ask you a question, you, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think that that way of operating is getting unpalatable for a lot of us. And I think, you know, the pandemic has brought that out. I mean, I know, I mean, in South Africa, a lot of businesses on their knees. The creative industry is is suffering. You know, artists are broke. Galleries are broke. Everyone's like hustling and, you know, doing whatever to to stay alive. But then it may, it's forcing you to, to adapt and to start thinking of, of a new way of doing business, really, because this some of the ways are just not working. Mm, mm, mm. No, um, I agree. I agree with both of you there. Actually, um, actually, I have to I have to come in here. Um, we've actually <laughs> we've actually gone way past what I <laughs> the time no, I usually not. allocate. <laughs> um, and like I'm sitting and listening I'm thinking like there's still so much more to discuss man like we should definitely do another follow up on here um, and sort of and sort of just pick up like um, like from where we left um, because there's still a few more, a few more things that I still want to cover um, I just it's don't think there's enough two. yeah yeah definitely definitely um, because you were because let the users are so right like um, 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 the, the, the creative industry is on its knees and um, um, here in South Africa, like it's more of a, and I'm generalizing here as more of a finger pointing, he said, she said type of battle. Very little solutions going around. That's why I think like episodes like this are so important. Um, and um, to, to to start this dialogue is very very important. So um, I think we must definitely do a follow up on on on, on all of this, man. Um, Morris, uh, thanks a lot, my brother. Um, in closing, do you have anything um, to say? Yeah, um, just to conclude, I think uh, yeah, you're right. I think it is right uh, in terms of us having another discussion. About mm, this for sure. There's so much to postulate about because, and the only way we're going to get to a solution is if we actually start having these hard conversations. And I know it seems a bit radical and disruptive in its nature. But at the end of the day, you guys have an industry that needs to survive. You know, and so do I, and so do you. Lucy. I mean, yeah. we literally uh, had to do something during the, the pandemic in order for you to put yourself out there. So I think more conversations need to take place. I think a lot more focus groups. I think uh, a little from your side, I think you need to look at your database of of art, art producers and start asking them and start asking them 
Someone said it up. Yeah, I think we must take our cue on that. Yeah, but yeah, okay. So I think we should definitely have these conversations more. No, absolutely, absolutely. We can definitely set that up and start talking about them in your guys' industry because, like I said, that industrial age is over now. People don't realize that that 1900 century to 2000 uh, is over now. Uh, that was the industrial age. Now we are moving towards a more information technology age. There's information, and you combine that with technology, creates another industry. So, in essence, there's actually industries within this industry that we are going into now. Mm. That have not been discovered yet, and they come from reinventing the wheel, like the art industry or the IT industry or the consumables industry. If Uber is anything to go by, Uber Eats was was such a delight during lockdown. Yeah, you know what I mean. All these different things started popping up and becoming use cases. So I think there's a lot more that can be stimulated, especially from Africa. I'm going to be honest. With you. Hey, my brother, I'm with you there. Eh? So, and I think there's we've been lacking in that respect, and I think because we're moving into another industrial, uh, in, into another age, that being the information technology age, I think we all need to start talking about this. For sure, man. For sure. Um, Aleta, do you have anything to say in closing? No, I, I mean I agreed with everything that Morris said. There, I think what I want to do is talk more. I mean, we all do talk here. The creative industry, lots going on, but. I think discuss this more and find out some more questions and what people need yeah. and how to start how to start working together. You know, yeah. like yeah, we all we all some of us. I represent artists, but there's other people in the creative industries, whether it's the music sector or poetry, different aspects or filmmakers. But we need to also, I think, get together and start lobbying. You know, and yeah. also start he- and helping each other. So, like, hey guys, how about we try this, or we do that, or you lobby for that? Yeah. But if we're all just sitting at home, freaking out quietly, I don't think that's going to be very helpful. So, I think practical advice that we can give people would be great. Fantastic, man. Um, thanks both of you for coming through, man. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm watching, looking at this time clock here, and it's like, it's, it's, I still think that we, we should at least, um, yeah, we must definitely suit, um, uh, set up another episode. Um, I'll get on that in the, in the next week for sure. Um, and see what other questions, um, arise and I'll share it with both of you and we can sort of just schedule, you know, see when we are all three available and then take it from there but thanks a lot guys for coming through man and um, I'll be in touch with you both thanks Wesley and Morris alright man guys cheers man okay ciao bye thank you for listening to this podcast podcast don't forget to like share and subscribe hey everybody um, thanks a lot for my two guests I think they were actually fantastic um, and like we said we should definitely definitely do another follow up on this there's just so much more to be um, to um, to discuss um, so yeah man look forward to more outstanding um, top ranking content um, on this podcast and uh, I have to give a shout out firstly to Biobalbins podcast for hosting me I think they do fantastic work you know and um check us out on all these streaming platforms man and um, don't don't forget to give us all your 
comments and feedback um and it'll be really interesting to know what you guys have to say about um this episode if you just want to know anything or any uh, or if you have any questions uh or comments yeah man just send it to me via facebook or instagram and it's all wesley pepper you know um just just a search for me there you'll find me and um i'll take all the stuff and i'll uh, present it to my guests um in a future episode so thanks a lot guys for coming through and look forward to more outstanding content from wesley papers art lakes here thank you very much Oh, this is not your place. We the chosen left it open for us. Do it just fine.